Scott, I need you to be the Ant-Man. Everybody to a brand new episode of the brand new year of Heck Yeah Comics podcast. Wait, wait, wait were you freezing there? Were I was because I were you struggling? No, I was freezing because I'm so used to you, uh, you know, joining in there with your. Well, usually I wait for you to say noises. podcast to go Heck Yeah. I'm a respectful interrupter. Now, did I not? Did I not add in podcast? No, you like stopped, and uh, that's when I was like, you know, I went, I went for like two days without sleeping, so, you know, I are, think. Are it's... you saying you're tired, David? Well, no, I've slept by now. Okay, good. Uh, that's so weird. I didn't say. Okay, anyway, anyway, welcome everybody. <laughs> We're getting off to a great start. Ah, <laughs> uh, new year, new show, same old crap. Uh, anyway, we're super excited to be back after two weeks off. Uh, I hope everybody had a good holiday season. You know, got a uh, good Christmas, good New Year's, good whatever it is you celebrate, you other uh, folks. And, uh, you know, we're going to start off this new year right. We're going to go over to IsWolverineStillDead.com. I mean, uh, it really, a book just got released called Wolverines. Now... There is a high like chance that Wolverine will appear in this book. Oh, is still alive, David? Is, is Wolverine still, still dead? Yes. Is he still alive? That is, that is fine, man. He is still dead. He is still dead. He's been dead for twelve weeks. So what we're <laughs> I can't believe they're that specific. Uh, no, it's actually really great. Um, if you like underneath, because there's a little you know the place where it says yes underneath, it tells you how long. But it also it says like. Blah, 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 has been dead for 12 weeks. This one is Jason Aaron's sweetheart has been dead for 12 weeks. Uh, if I refresh, the the moral center of the Marvel Universe has been dead for 12 weeks. <laughs> they just keep it going. The golden goose has been dead. And all like, dead, dead is in quotation marks. Has been dead, yeah. What What is death? Uh, baby, is don't, don't hurt me. Uh, anyway, three weeks off, or two weeks off, so you would think... Uh, coming back that i didn't i didn't get to read anything while i was gone you'd think when i walked in my shop i'd get like an impossible sized stack but luckily it was the holidays and nobody wants to put stuff out during the holidays oh yeah no you 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 almost got a break the last couple of weeks like i'm i'm trying to rack my brain like i know there were some books but nothing that i like felt like i had to run out of my way for i mean definitely some great stuff i i feel like maybe more this week uh there was stuff that i i you know would have wanted to get um but really while i was gone all i can think of is east of west uh robin rises um i'm sure there's a couple other things did trees come out today was trees today? trees did come out today yeah, I, I am unfortunately I, still a few issues behind i picked it up and um outcast came out too so outcast came out today well not today but in the last couple of weeks. oh yeah, yeah, yeah it did I... so think i read it there was stuff but i feel like from the big two they, they definitely pulled back more they do uh notable uh, i can't speak for dc beyond their weeklies uh marvel i know they released their shield book which ties into the tv show your mm-hmm. mileage may vary um batman annual and, came out 
last week, I think. So yeah, I didn't read it, <laughs> um, but I know it had. Oh crap! Just dropped something. Um, but I know that it, it tied into the in-game story in some way. Yeah, I've got it in my hands here. It's about um, Joker. Other than that, uh, Marvel released all-new Miracle Man, which contained a not-all-new story by Grant Morrison and an all-new story by uh, Peter Milligan and Mike Allred. Okay. Um, how much do you know about the whole Miracle Man thing? You've kind of explained it to me before. Um, if I kind of have, then that's a good start. And I think I picked up because they started doing the reprints of, like a few months ago, right? Uh, they're actually on their like 14th month. I think the 14th issue actually came out today. So, uh, 14? Really? It's been that long? Yeah, it's been that long. They're actually, after the next issue, they'll be finishing the original writer's run. And uh, wow. I say the original writer because, Grant, uh, not Grant Morrison, uh, Alan Moore um, does not want his name attached to the reprints. So they have <laughs> to list them as the original writer. Uh, Alan Moore, what a crazy man. Crazy guy. <sighs> anyway. Uh, but, um, yeah, anyway, so that, that I know that book might be important for Miracle Man. Uh, enthusiasts. Fan. Enthusiasts. I like that word. Enthusiasts. Fan. There's something about the word fan. I'm not necessarily against, but I have very specific imagery of fan in my mind. Like, like do, you, know, do you envision an actual fan I'm cooling mostly, a room? I mostly envision an actual fan. Um <laughs> You know, and a lot of times fans tend to be, you know, a comic or any pop culture fans tend to be anything but cool. And by cool, I, I'm talking about temperature level. And right. I'm not they, talking about attractiveness. I'm talking about they tend to get heated, like, like they, angry. About they, things. They, they tend to they get enthused. I yes, I don't want to say care too much, but sometimes I think they do. Sometimes I'm they... looking at you, Doctor Who fans. Doctor Who. Not to say that I don't on some level enjoy doctor who but the fandom makes me not want to tumblr specifically let's just let's just go tumblr. ahead and name names are you a tumblr hater uh i'm not a hater but i think that there is more there, there probably is more good in tumblr than i've seen but all the stuff i've seen has mostly been crap so <laughs> Great place to 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 uh, now. So yeah, some some comic, connect with artists. No artists, artists and writers like some you know like the comic folks have really got a good little niche going over there. But uh, the general user, I think, leaves something to be desired. But hey, let's talk about comics. Do we talk about comics? Yeah, that's what we're here for. We're not. This is not the heck yeah Tumblr podcast. Especially, uh, especially with me on it. Apparently. Yeah. No. It sounds like you've got a, like a lot of opinions you want to share. Uh, yes, but not on Tumblr. So let's start. <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're basically talking about stuff that came out this week, it appears. So mm. why don't we go ahead? You uh, give us a little rundown on Ant-Man. I, I didn't get a chance to read it, but the way that it was explained to me is that it was kind of a catching up on who is this guy we call Ant-Man. It is. Um, I'll start by saying that I... I... I, I genuinely liked it. And, um, you know, as, as we are apt to do, we read a lot of comic books yes. and, um, you know, sometimes I feel like I, I, I might power through a bunch of books and it feels like I'm just reading them to kind of like check them off. Like, okay, I read that, read that, read that, or to make it feel like I'm, I'm in the know on what's going on that, I, that I have a first per, you know, a 
whatever they call it, first person, per, you know, uh, perspective on, on the events and whatever books I'm reading. Um, but it, it, I don't know, it sounds awful, but it's like, sometimes like, you know, there, I enjoy a lot of the books that I read. You know, I try to avoid books that I don't think I will enjoy. So more often than not, I do enjoy the books I read, but it's not as often as you think that there's just a book that just really grabs me from the get-go. And we talked about how difficult first issues can be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and and I, I totally understand what you're saying. Like, it's how I was with um, Tooth and Claw, Autumn Lands, whatever it's called these days. The Autumn Lands, Tooth and Claw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I totally get that sentiment where it's like there's just, you know, there's so much. It's like I need to make sure that I'm reading this and I'm reading this. And then, you know, when we pick up, like, something new – it's usually like, oh, that's cool. Like, I'd be interested in reading more if I have time. Mm -hmm. But there's very few books, yeah, where you get that feeling of I need to make sure I'm on issue number two. Exactly. It's and it, and it, you know it's and it's if people you know everyone can get excited about so many different books that like all the power to them. It's, um, I imagine just like with, with all the TV shows we watch now, the the comic books we read or the the prose novels we read, and just there's so many ways to get the. Uh, in so many ways entertainment mm -hmm. that to i mean the consume. fact that the, the fact that we that you know i can i totally get how hard it's like pick up something new especially something that you know like a, a prose novel you get the whole thing in one package more often than mm -hmm. not you know for like a 20 to 30 page comic book most often you know you pick it up and you're only getting a segment of the whole and then you feel like you have to pass judgment on that initial sampling yeah and it's it's just it's it's very hard and the other thing is that ant-man number one based on the way that it's executed could have gone horribly because in a lot of ways, as you were saying, it, it is a book that plays catch up. Like the first few pages are just him kind of in a cheeky way, kind of referencing, you know, recent events, you know, over like the last, you know, I don't know, 10 years of comic book publishing. Okay. Um, so that's something that when it's an info dump, it can feel like it's just, it's like just uh, like cement feet, you know, just really trudging along, but mm -hmm. it doesn't. I literally think I laughed on almost every single page and I, like I'll read and I'll be like, Oh, that was funny. But like in my head, like I literally laughed out loud. Okay. So, uh, and maybe it's more funny. Like, I, I can't speak for everyone that might pick up the book. I, I, I've known the Scott Lang Ant-Man character at least since uh, when Jeff Johns was doing the Avengers. That was my first introduction to him. Mm -hmm. I've never really gone back to read his previous, you know, comic book history, though I, I kind of know about it. Um, and then, then, you know, shortly after Jeff Johns was utilizing him, Brian Bennis killed him off. And then, yeah, he was yeah. dead. and then, you know, he was dead for a while. And then Alan Heinberg brought him back for the Young Avengers Children's Crusade. And then Matt Fraction was using him in the FF, and I thought and well, very he also, effectively. He also had some time as a secret Avenger. Let us not forget. Nope, nope. That was Eric O'Grady. Two oh. different characters. Oh, sorry. Well, I mean, Ant Man. Come on, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Un Ant Man. Okay. Secret Avenger. All but, right. But, yeah. To but, be fair, but, I, I, it, within the book, I never knew which Ant Man it actually was. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, long story short, um. Obviously, this is a book that's trying to hopefully play into the hype around the movie, you know, um, that it, it, just like any time Marvel's releasing a movie or even DC, like they're always putting out some kind of material that hopefully people that go end up going to see a movie, you know, by the time the movie comes out, they'll probably have the first trade of this book out. They can say, oh, did you like the, the loser hero antics of, of Paul Rudd and Ant-Man? Well, here, follow his ongoing comic book adventures. Here's the first book. It's got like the first five or six issues in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, on one hand, it does feel like a regression, um, part of Scott Lang's character 
the way that he kind of acts in the book, I feel like from what I had read of Scott Lang, my interpretation of it was that he'd kind of moved on more from those kind of thieving ways. Uh, this book really plays that up. Like, this is really about, like, he almost arrives you on every single page, like, oh, I used to steal stuff, mostly for good reasons. Um, uh-huh. But anyway, it's the execution of the book that plays into it. I, I didn't read um, Nick Spencer's uh, a Superior Foes of Spider-Man, uh, which was the book featuring almost an entire Sinister Six, but a group of oddball Spider-Man villains uh, just kind of bumbling around. Uh, but apparently it was really well received for its humor. Uh, if if that book is half as funny as I found this issue to be, then I'm going to check it out. Oh, okay. Um, as much as I'm not a big fan of, of like loser hero characters, um, I, there's something about Scott Lang that draws that draws me to him, uh, or draws him to me. Um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of going on a tangent here. I like the. <laughs> I actually wrote a letter to Marvel after I finished the issue. That's how much I enjoyed the book. Really, I thought you're going to be like. I wrote a, like when I was a child. I wrote a letter to Hank Pym. Uh, <laughs> I did write a letter to no uh, Sega once, and I got a I got a response back from Sonic the Hedgehog. Nice. It was pretty sweet. I have I had a uh, I got a letter back from Wishbone when oh, I was a man. kid. Wishbone. Yeah. Changes your life, doesn't it? It really does. Um, <laughs> but the the nuts and bolts of the issue is Scott Lane's kind of down on his luck. You know, you he, he was dead for a while. He came back and he's trying to uh, get his foot back in the door. Um, it, it kind of references his recent stint with the FF, but not in a way that I feel like like what he did on the FF was pretty compelling, and I thought kind of made him a more and they just kind of glossed over it here. They kind of gloss over it. Um, you know, as if like the role wasn't significant. That, those are the kind of things that might might bother me. But again, the, the overall execution of the issue was just very strong. So he's actually at a, a job interview at Stark Industries um, to hopefully be a Tony Stark's new like security manager or whatever, like a pretty swanky gig. Mm-hmm. Um, his his uh, his internal monologue and like the conversation he has with the guy interviewing him is just funny. And there's like this like there's like there, he's kind of this is where he basically goes over the majority of his history. Gotcha. Um, and then Tony Stark walks in and, and it's just like, no, nah, like, don't worry about the interview, all of that. Like, you're not going to get the job. <laughs> um, you know, and then he's like referencing one of the things that he, like Scott Lang said during the interview and Scott Lang's just like, do you know that, does that guy know you bug his office? Um, just little like side quirks like that. Um, one thing that happened in Avengers, the children's crusade was at the end, shortly after Scott Lang was returned to life, his daughter was killed. <sighs> So she's been dead. Um, but during the Axis event, in a tie-in issue um, that Scott Lang was involved in, Dr. Doom of all people, who was actually kind of partially, mostly directly responsible for his daughter's death to begin with. And this was this was a, an inverted Dr. Doom, so he was kind of all nicey-nice. Uh-huh. Went through some kind of unimaginable soul-crushing lengths to bring Cassie Lang back. Hmm. It's called so a plot device, if, if you're curious. It is called a plot device. Good job, David. Top marks. Hey. Um, so in this issue, like, he kind of, like, and if you don't know what you're reading for, you'll just, like, just assume that something bad happened to Cassie before. Like, they never outright mentioned that she's dead. They mentioned that Scott died in the book. Um, so I feel like they didn't want to. They didn't want to be like, oh, death, 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 like, death, death, death. Everyone's dying, coming back. How can we keep this story grounded? <laughs> But they do reference that like she like she's not a superhero anymore. She's basically stuck at home and school, and just her mom's just trying to push her to be a normal teenager. Um, 
and Scott only has um, what did you say? Visitation uh, rights, not custody rights. So he can't even like have her stay at his apartment, which honestly they show you on one page is an empty pizza box and a piece of cardboard to sleep on. Um, yeah. He's really down on his luck in this issue, but ultimately he, he goes through with a trial. Um, he, he gets accepted into a trial run for the security position uh, mm-hmm. and he gets, he competes with a couple other uh, notable super characters and, um, in the end, like none of them are actually able to finish this last thing, which is like breaking this code. And he's like, he's like, okay. And he does some stuff. I actually don't want to go through the whole issue because I really want you to read it. Okay. Now that I realize that I'm kind of just paraphrasing everything that happens. It's good. And the ending is one of those things where like it spent the whole issue kind of building me up to this point. And this is what I thought where the jumping off point was. And then it literally jumps off from that in a direction that I didn't necessarily see it going in. Um, but now it makes me like, it really makes me want to know what happens next. In a fun way. It's not something where, like, the final page is someone getting shot to death. Actually, the last page, if I just refresh my memory, yeah. I love the last page for so many reasons, and I want you to read it so I can tell you why. Or you'll know once you read it, and I think you'll share the same opinion. Okay. Um, but it's fun. The dialogue is fun. It's cheeky. Uh, you know, if you're com- if you're kind of deep into the knowledge of the backstory, then, like, a lot of the lines kind of really played up for laughs. Um, but at the same time, it's really... And what I imagine the movie's ultimately going to be about is a guy that really has who's who's very smart, very capable. He's a you know he's a he's a prodigal prodigy, and he at the end of the day, all he really cares about is just making sure that his daughter knows that he loves her, okay. and that's where it goes from there. But I'm definitely adding it to my pull list. You know, I think the fact that I'm this exuberant about a book and I don't always get that way shows that it's a good book. You definitely are. You are very excited, yes. I am very excited about it. Ant-Man is cool. Maybe I just like bug-themed characters. uh, Yeah, actually, that would fit. You do like the Blue Beetle. You like Spider-Man. Yeah. Huh. There's three. That makes it a trend. It's a pattern. Hey, what is it? Uh, Two's a coincidence. Three's a pattern. Is that what they say? Yeah. So. You don't know. Oh, and Beetleborgs. Well, yeah, everybody loved the Beetleborgs. It's on Netflix. I keep thinking about sitting down to watch it, and I tell myself something seems to stay in my childhood. Well, well, but you remember that other show that we might one day launch? You don't, do you? No. Wait, it's an idea that we had. To <sighs> yes. Hear? Well, it's an idea that I pitched to you, and you really liked. Crap! You've pitched me a lot of good ideas. That's, I my, have. that's my excuse. Well, okay, I'll remind you after the show because I don't want Done. anybody to steal it. Done. Um, all right. Anyway, let's move on. So, Ant Man, you're you're giving it a big thumbs up. I'm giving it. I'm giving it such a big thumbs up that it's my cheat for a recommendation this week. You jerk. Okay. <laughs> so I, check out Ant Man. I, I definitely uh, I definitely will be checking it out. Uh, so, but let's move on to another book that I would say was more anticipated than Ant Man, which was the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Movie forthcoming. Yes. Well, let's, let's all face it if not there will totally be some squirrel girl cartoon to rival adventure time because oh, there, there will Marvel, totally be a cartoon yes there's an idea squirrel girl cartoon get on that uh so this i mean this is a book that is being universally praised Mm-mm. uh so in order to uh get everyone's love let's just universally praise it and move on yay yay that's that was a good good story <laughs> that's a good story um but no let's actually let's do some talking about this book was it everything you uh, wanted to be and more so I, 
Keep going. So I did like it. Uh, I already told you, Nick, and I will now tell our readers, I really do not like her new face. I know that's really weird. Um, I get they're trying to play up that she has squirrel blood in her, but she's never really looked... I mean, she had she had the tail always. That's fine. Um, but she never really, like... Beyond that, she never looked like a squirrel. And mm-hmm. now, like, they've made it so she's, you know, got, like, big cheeks and she's kind of got buck teeth coming out. And it's like she totally looks like a squirrel. Um, no one will ever know her secret identity. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that for a minute. Is this is this coming out of anything, or is it just here's unbeatable Squirrel Girl? I mean, aside from it's, it's I mean, it like in the book they referenced that she was, you know, that she she prior to this she was the um, she was living in the Avengers. She was tower. living in, in Avengers Mansion. Uh, oh, she was mansion. actually the the nanny for Luke Cage and um, uh, oh my god, just just. Jessica Jones. Yes. Um, I knew that. Uh, I knew uh, that. Maybe. Because I was reading, I actually read the issue where she got hired. Way yes. Back, way back in the day. And what's interesting, because I know when, when Bennis ended his new Avengers book, it ended with Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and Squirrel Girl walking off into the distance. Huh. Which okay. kind of makes me wish that if, if Bendis had, was, had been able to do his Heroes for Hire book that he wanted to do with uh, Mike Diodato, that, um, that that Squirrel Girl would have been a member. Okay, but, but this isn't coming, like, so this but it's is not, it's not it's not launching directly out of anything. It's literally right. just them saying we found these two creators, uh, pl- you know, plus that we really like that we want to combine together and throw them onto a scoreboard book. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it so they're cutting a lot from whole cloth here, like they you know not a lot's been done with this character recently. Like they kind of get to do whatever they want. Obviously, you know, it, within continuity, I think she was has she always been like eighteen. I thought she was supposed to be like older than that. I I, I think they're just playing with it. They okay. whatever. So she's definitely in the the late teens to early twenties group, though. Yeah, right. she, so, it's speedball. If that if that makes a difference. Anyway, so they like speedball man. They're they're speedball. they're pulling a lot of this stuff. I don't want to say from nowhere, but they're just like, okay, if we're gonna make this book, what are we gonna do? Uh, she's a college freshman. She wants to go to college. Yeah, no, that's totally great. Let's go with that. Yay. Okay, great. It just it felt very out of it, there were parts in the beginning of this book where she was doing one of the things I really hate in storylines where she is talking about stuff for no reason other than for us to get it like for us to learn like she's talking to tippy toe and what is something she says like right at the beginning um so sorry it's just after she beats up the guys in the park and she's like I have to go. Uh, oh, she's I'm finally moving out of the attic of Avengers Mansion, also known as my secret apartment. It's like uh, there's some other stuff too that like doesn't immediately jump to my head, but it's just like she's going to have to she she has to explain who she is, so she's gonna say stuff to people who already know it. Like, hey, by the way, did you know that I can talk to squirrels and you're a squirrel and I'm Squirrel Girl? Like, it felt like it would have been okay with some captions, you know. Like there's some stuff they, that could have gotten through with, well, with a little bit of caption work. Yes, um, you know if this was probably a more straightforward book, then they wouldn't necessarily want to bog it down with clunky exposition. Um, but in this case, and it's kind of an extreme version of what Ant Man was doing, in which especially because they they're assuming that 
not a couple of 20 something, you know, you know, males necessarily are picking up the book though. I'm sure more will be, yes. but that new, just j- new fans in general are going to come to this book and, you know, yes, she might repeat constantly how she's squirrel girl. Like, don't forget that she's squirrel girl. She's the unbeatable squirrel girl, but you know, that potentially will be humorous to the kind of the demographic they might be angling for, which given the involvement of Ryan North is the adventure time crowd. Right. Um, the, and, and on that, this book was almost too random for me. Like, they did a good job. They struck a really good balance. I, I applaud them for that. But it was almost a little bit too like, oh, man, we're so zany. <laughs> Squirrel girl. <laughs> like, if it, like I, I was kind of on the edge of my seat my whole time just waiting for something to, like, take me out of it. Or to be like, okay, this, like, this is a little too much. We, we, we should call Ryan North and uh, Erica Henderson and be like, we have a, uh, a quote for your book. It's, it's called, it's, it reads, we're bitter old men. We, we don't get it. But if you get no. it, then this book okay. is for you. Well, <laughs> well, no, I would, my quote would be almost too random, but it gets it just right. And, and I was talking to the guy at my shop about this before I purchased it. Uh, and, um, he said, like, let me know what you think, though, you know, it's not really totally for me. Like, it, you know, we're obviously like we're not 17 year old girls. Yeah. So in that way, the Tumblr. Wait a second. Uh, yeah, OK, I'm not. The Tumblr crowd is totally going to love it. And that's great. Like, that's, you know, this book might not be 100 percent for us. Not every book has to be yada, yada, yada. I said all this stuff with Gotham Academy as well where I said, hey, I thought Gotham Academy is a really good book, but I would feel, you know, like I would be much happier to recommend it to, like, a, you know, my 14-year-old cousin than I would to be picking it up every week because they would enjoy it more. Yeah, this is definitely a book that it almost makes me wish that she wasn't going to college but more, like, was actually just a high school student because it's something that, you know, I think the college experience is a unique one and it's definitely, you know, this is, it's a book that I think would death that kids would definitely enjoy, but kids don't necessarily care or mm. are curious about the college experience. Like the kids that I might recommend it to as far as age, age wise, you know, that, um, they might be able to get the, you know, they'll wrap their head around, not that they can't wrap their head around a college student, but, um, I don't feel like, uh, yes, there will be plenty of college students that will probably pick up and read this book and enjoy it. But I think that if you were trying to target like the Adventure Time crowd, you're looking for like elementary school, middle school, early high school. So if she was in like high school, I don't know. This is just a thought process. That being said, I found the book like almost effortlessly charming, almost sickeningly so. No, they like this is they did a great job. Like this team did a really good job. Uh, the, the Squirrel Girl's face. Besides, and I'm not 100% against it just because it's like a goofy Looney Tunes kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's, um, it's you know, the artwork is, is great. Just very solid line work, um, great storytelling. You know, one panel flows really well into another one. It's just, it's a fun book. And there's just a lot of cheeky things. And then that ending, you know, what a cliffhanger. Well, okay. I almost, I almost didn't like it. Then you don't know and understand and appreciate the history of Squirrel Girl. Well, okay, no, I do. I I do understand that Squirrel Girl has faced insurmountable odds and has always overcome them and has defeated all of these villains and blah 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 blah, um, and that's totally great. But that that's not really ever referenced in the book. Um, 
And what they're saying is, okay, we have gone from her talking it out with Craven the Hunter to now she's going to be facing, you know, the world-eating uh, insanity. Like, Galactus. Oh, yes, I knew his name, thank you. But like, <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, she's talking it out with, like, one guy to she's going to face the biggest threat to the world. What crazy escalation. And it's almost too much, I would say. It, You know, but... It's not like, okay, here's Batgirl, great. Like, Batgirl fought a crazy DJ. Oh, by the way, coming soon, Darkseid's going to punch her in the face. <laughs> you know, yeah, just... again, you know, I, I totally get the point that you're making. But I think, you know, this is a book that's going to tiptoe around the raindrops of continuity. You know, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to reference past continuity when it, when it, when it serves it and it's going to do things that might not not necessarily stay in canon for the sake of the joke mm-hmm. well it already, it's already done that yeah uh and you know i really do appreciate i did like the little lines of jokes at the bottom uh some of them were really funny easter egg for those of you who own it and read it and didn't notice it, at the bottom of almost each page i think except for the first and the last uh there are tiny little lines of squirrel girl breaking the fourth wall and making jokes and talking to the audience um, it's funny it, it is really funny it also reminds me i'm a big fan of web comics um it's come a couple a couple times i think and if there's some if you like hover over the picture with your cursor like mm-hmm. if, you know if you hover over the comic there will be a little line of alt text that shows up mm-hmm. um and this like felt like that like if i had you know if if this was a a comic that i was reading a couple of uh, pages a week on online and i put my mouse over the image it's going to come up with this little funny joke that's obviously not part of the story but it just you know it references it and it's kind of the the punchline of it uh anyway. anyway i like i like um when they do the uh the credits page near the beginning and they and they do what you were asking for the, the captions and it's like uh, likes squirrels dislikes injustice the uh, fun fact is a woman with the proportional speed and strength of a squirrel and then they do like tippy toe and it's like fun fact is a squirrel with the proportional speed I, and strength I, I of a really, squirrel i really liked that uh and i like the park pluggers yeah. okay we already beat them up likes free money dislikes free punches fun fact they all just learn the error of their ways via punches yeah i just i just i i had fun you know this and i kind of mentioned in a text to you i was like i've been like a pretty good mood the last few days uh-huh. and just like i i know i think even previously on this show i've read books that i think were looking for a particular response and i was just in a mood where like it just wasn't doing it for me now i kind of want to remember what books those were and then go back and reread them because mm-hmm. between ant-man and this like i got some pretty good laughs in today yeah and I also really like that when she's fighting the muggers and she hits one of them and he's like flying off says, I'm currently reevaluating the choices that led me to a criminal life. Yeah. Like this joke, this joke, this book definitely had some great jokes and some, some great laughs. Um, but you're, you're right. It's not necessarily a book that, that is necessarily for us as we know ourselves, like what our interests are, mm-hmm. you know, but it's definitely a high quality uh, product for the kind of demographic it is looking for like, and i think it's definitely going to catch fire yeah it's it's good i like that a book like this exists within marvel because it's kind of difficult uh, to have a book like this be in the continuity with something like 
Axis original sin. You know, like this world where all these really serious events are happening all the time. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, for some people, they're going to be like, "Oh, everything's so like." You know, me at at thirteen, I was like, "Oh, like everything's like so dramatic. Superheroes are so dumb." I know I was an idiot at one point in my life. You were. Uh, uh, but then, you know, this is totally a book that would have like, "Oh, wait, there's a funny squirrel slash girl." Go on. Uh, <laughs> and you know, really would have caught my interest in that time, and, and could have possibly opened up the ways as I continued in my life. And this would be fun too. I don't know if I'm going to pick up the next issue, uh, but I'd definitely be interested in reading it uh, in the trade because, mm-hmm. it, you know, because it was funny and because I, I enjoyed it. Um, unfortunately, we don't really have a whole lot of time. There's a couple other thoughts, you know, I was wanting to say, but I, I would definitely say uh, if, you know, you enjoy wacky, zany stuff. If, if you're a fan of Scott Pilgrim, this would be a, a fun book to check out. Yeah, definitely. They, yeah, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. You know, it's it was fun. It was fun. Mm-hmm. It definitely is. Uh, let me let me talk for a minute about Robin Rises Alpha. Dun, dun, dun. Now, this is the conclusion of the Robin Rises storyline. Uh, and as we discussed, I believe on our last show, yeah, because the last uh, this came out after the last issue of Batman and Robin, like a week later. Uh, we know that Damien is back. We know that he has superpowers only because they've been telling us that. Um, and what happens here is uh, Darkseid's son, whose name uh, eludes me. Um, and it's not coming... Oh, Calabac. There we go. So, Calabac follows them through the boom tube. The boom tube. The boom tube. How great is Jack Kirby? Uh, that guy. Wait, Keep going. Oh, did he come up with the phrase boom tube or something? No, the the whole like dark side, Calabac, boom tubes, uh, Apocalypse, New Genesis, all those guys are all from... Kirby's uh, first fourth world uh, epic. Oh, okay. If you ever if you ever get a chance and you want to kind of like look into Jack Kirby's you know influence on the industry, uh, I know DC released like like there's like three or four called the Fourth World Omnibuses that like detail his whole fourth world epic across multiple titles. Very cool. That's actually if, if you like a lot of Grant Morrison work, including Final Crisis, I... uh, his Justice League run, all that, even Batman. A mm-hmm. lot of his ideas kind of start in the fourth world. Huh. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so you have Calabac coming to the Batcave, and it's all about the uh, the family. All about that base. All about that base. All about the Bat family. All about that. Uh, stop it, you. Push, like, trying to hold him off until Cyborg can, like, restart, and then they can push him back and uh, close the tube. And during this fight, you have uh, Damien learn himself that he has superpowers and that he, he can punch this giant son of an evil god and uh, do some damage on him. Uh, it, you know, it, it's, a, it's a pretty good issue with a, lot of, with a lot of really good action. It's a nice little wrap-up to the story. Um, I appreciate that it's, it's this self-contained event something that's happening all at once rather than we're going to talk about it for five more issues 
or not, mm-hmm. not, maybe not more five more issues, but it's, you know, we're going to, um, we're going to make this issue last over a, a period of time. It's like, nope, let's just focus on this one event, this one fight and show it and all of it, what could be its glory. And they totally do. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one moment that uh, I'm not a hundred percent how I sure how I feel, but it's, it's, it's funny. Um, so yeah, like, you know, this really serious fight where Damien's like getting chucked around and then flying across the room and punching this guy in the face. Uh, and then you have Titus, like the dog jumping on mm-hmm. the fight and he bites, he like bites him in the mouth. Um, and then he slips on some of Bat Cow's manure. Uh, and they kind of play up that Bat Cow did it intentionally. Which, it's just kind of this, like, silly moment in the middle of all of this. Of uh, otherwise fairly serious. Yeah, of a really serious moment. Um, and I, I also, I thought it was kind of weird, because at the end of, of uh, Batman and Robin, like, Batman collapses. And it's like, oh, man, this is, like, super serious. What's happening? And then two seconds later, it's like, oh, nothing. He's fine. He's just really exhausted. Mm-hmm. Like, he just get back, he gets back up, and they keep going. Um. I'm really curious to see uh, what's going to happen. There's some there, there's some really nice sentimental moments with Robin and the rest of the family. Um, wait, does uh, Jason Todd doesn't dye his hair anymore, right? It's still black. It's still black? I thought it was red. I mean, it was red. Like, that was something that... I, I don't know if that was something that Grant Morrison introduced hmm. or if it was established in previous continuity but as far as the new 50s too has been concerned his hair has been black and i think it's always been black gotcha. i don't know if they've referenced him being a redhead but someone else more knowledgeable about jason talk could correct us i don't know why that just caught me out um anyway they also introduced that talia is alive i did hear that um it's a slight spoiler on that sorry everybody but it's been two weeks it's fine um so she's alive and she has no idea who she is Interesting. Yeah, she's wandering around uh, naked and bloodthirsty, apparently. That's what happens when I don't know who I am. I just get really bloodthirsty. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we have established that Damien, though he's stronger, is still bending to his father's will, respectfully, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I'm really, you know, I'm really curious, and we've talked about it before, about what that is going to mean for this book like you know what happens when damien gets frustrated about being on a leash and he could you know crush batman with a single punch like he could mm. you know kill him uh, and i really like that last page like you just sent me you sent it to me in an image that spread um which is batman zip lining through the city you know he's he's got his rope in one hand and you've got robin next to him Damien there uh it doesn't show him with a line in his hand so you can assume that he's flying like we don't know mm. what the extent of his powers are I'm sure that's going to be explored next week he's super Robin it'd be cool if uh if Batman plans on uh reaching out to Superman they, they the system they do seem to be of similar powers I think it's the next issue has the cover where he's pulling open a shirt and he's got the Robin shirt underneath of the robin costume underneath and the bullets are bouncing off of him yeah and there's also the one cover where he's smashing the batmobile much like superman did in 
uh, Action Comics number one. Yep. So they're playing up these parallels, and that seems to be what his powers are going to be like. I would actually like that where if if, <laughs> if Batman and Superman had to raise a child together. This would be the super son? Yes. <laughs> he just created a monster. Oh, because, I mean, you know, you've always wondered what it would be like if those two kids got together. Uh, yes. I spent days daydreaming about the romance of Batman and Superman. Who doesn't? Uh, Cooper's art, great art. You know, he's a, he's a good artist, uh, despite uh, the tragedy that was Son of the Bat, uh, or Son of the Batman, whatever it's called. I pushed it out of my memory. I don't care. Uh, overall, a very solid conclusion to the issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, enough stories left over, enough questions left over for future storylines that don't cheapen this at all. Mm-hmm. That don't make it feel like, uh, okay, you know, you, you didn't give me, you didn't give me anything. It's like, nope, the story they they wanted to tell has been told, and now we get to move on to the next thing, which organically grows out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you typing? Nothing. Just keep going. Because we can all hear you typing. No, you can't. Yes, we can. It's secret. Okay. Well, do you want to come to the front of the class and read the note, Mr. Shermooksness? No, I don't. Leave me in the back so I can think about Metallica music. Do you right, even that's... listen to Metallica music? I heard like a song or two, I think. You know what? I think because we got so distracted by that podcast thing at the top of the show, we never said who we were. I think they know it by now, don't they? Well, what if this is like New Year? Somebody's New Year's resolution was to, to, to listen to the show. show. <laughs> and, and they're uh, like, oh, great. No, we're not going to now. It's too late. I'm Nick. Oh, no. We're f- Hi, Nick. We're f- <laughs> and you're an alcoholic. <laughs> Do you just applaud yeah. yourself? <laughs> I'm... I don't know. Keep and, going. And I'm David, the unruly tyrant of the show. I know. You can't even handle key clicks. They're so loud. We can all hear them. Oh, all right. Well, I'm going to type quiet. <laughs> don't hear me now, do you? <laughs> oh, let's talk about axis number. <laughs> oh, yeah, you saw that. <laughs> So let's, um, well, that leads us then into our event update. <laughs> event update, Axis number nine. Axis ended how long ago now? A week or two. week or two. So we weren't even doing a show. Let's. Yeah, it came out while the show was off the air. While we were on temporary hiatus. Yes. So. I think hiatus is temporary. So, so we're just. Well, there's indefinite hiatus. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um. Then so let's talk about access number or the conclusion of access. All in all, I think the last time we talked about it was issue four. Or no, 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 issue, issue, no four was like, but whichever one first had the claw. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's been it. It (laughs) was a a a a whirlwind of event. Um, you know, it's. Axis is complicated. So let, <sighs> let's talk about the ending, which is everything more or less goes back to normal, except for well, because they do like a re uh, re inversion spell. Yes. That puts, so 
So So the skinny on the last chapter is the 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 inverted heroes or and um Steve Rogers makeshift villain Avengers team plus Spider Man and Nova are fighting the inverted X Men and they're Wait, like, Spider Man was I thought Spider Man wasn't inverted. He wasn't. He was one of the few heroes that so when the hero oh I guess that's because we haven't talked about it since one of the previous issues. So after the hero, the inverted like Avengers came back to New York, um, they hashed a plan that involved um, shrinking all the other Avengers down and putting them in like a microscopic prison. Of course. Or something like that. Basically, that makes perfect sense. The, Keep going. It gets, it gets them off the board. Uh-huh. Um, and Spider-Man, was, Spider-Man and Nova were the only two to escape. Gotcha. Uh, and Steve Rogers, who I think was still operating out of Avengers Mansion, basically enlisted the aid of all the inverted villains to so he to, to stop the inverted. And he recruits okay. Spider Man and Nova along with that. So you have like gotcha. a, a team up, a team up with Spider Man and Carnage, which is pretty interesting. Right. Uh, Carnage actually has a big moment, and it was either issue seven or eight, where the 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 inverted X Men are setting off a. Um, a gene bomb that's the target that targets anyone who isn't a mutant uh, and carnage actually um well seemingly saves the day like he he believes he goes out in a blaze of glory uh-huh. uh you find out at the end of the of the last issue that you know despite his efforts it was actually someone else who defused the bomb huh. um what axis was a problematic event it was an event not unlike x-men days of future past the movie that i went oh, geez. into okay that i went into excited you know with with not really any sort of like oh this, how, how horribly wrong could this go and then it goes horribly wrong i i want to applaud any writer that agrees to take on an event whether it was a successful or unsuccessful event um as far as execution it looks tough because you're not only balancing your own scripts you're balancing you know, the scripts of everyone that's going to be tying into your story, you're balancing the editorial needs, you're, you're doing a lot. So, and Rick Remender, who's a writer who's clearly proving himself on plenty of material, you know, he, he struggled with this event. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I still want to give him props regardless that I could see a lot of really great ideas in play. I just don't think that they were executed in a satisfying way. There was yeah. too much going on. Yeah, I you know I I didn't uh, get to finish reading it. I kind of got distracted by other stuff, but I decided, hey, let me go you know look up on Wikipedia what's going on, and uh, you know skimming through it and reading the last paragraph, it's just there's so many characters who seem to just like come out of nowhere, like for the final moments, and it's like uh like is really is it really necessary to have everybody possible there? Um, it, yeah, and that was one of those things where Scarlet Witch who's being possessed by somebody, uh, Doctor Voodoo, or Brother Voodoo, depending on if you know whatever. Depending um, on your relation to him. Yes, yes, he's either doctor or brother. Um, I mean, it's an event book, and that's one of those things is where it, it a, a lot of times I, I imagine with DC, but probably you know uh, 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 definitely with Marvel, but I also imagine with DC is a lot of times a writer comes up with a story that they plan on executing in their own book. And then Marvel kind of looks at it and said, Ooh, we could kind of balloon that a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. you know, what can we do with this? And, you know, whether the writer is a hundred percent on board or not, or whatever, I get the idea that maybe recommender 
you know, was ultimately on board with this. Um, you know, this was a story that was meant to be just a part of the Uncanny Avengers book. Right. And I could totally see the events of this book working on a smaller scale because otherwise it, it did, it just felt, and maybe we just know too much of how the sausage is made, you know, that we would care too much about how the sausage is made, uh-huh. but you can kind of, you're reading it and you can just tell if this seems almost, it, it, I'm not saying it was editorially mandated, but that it felt like there was things it was trying to accomplish beyond just telling a quality story. Mm-hmm. Like I know that Rick Remender will be picking up on the Quicksilver Scarlet Witch uh, uh, her- um, heritage thread. Um, oh yeah, that that was a pretty big thing we didn't really get to talk about here. Um, that it's but, but, fully revealed. Yeah, yeah. That um, I, I have a pretty strong inkling of who they're going to make uh, their new father. Ooh, who do you think? I think it will be the High Evolutionary, a uh, classic Marvel villain sort of folk. Um, that uh he's a long story i'm not gonna get into him now so wait so so you don't think it's going to be howard the duck because i have my money on howard the duck (laughs) can you hear that sound david yes that's the sound of me agreeing with you (laughs) um um howard the duck would be pretty dope that would how great would that be just out of nowhere it's just howard the duck folks uh okay anyway um, but I guess if I, you know, without going, having to go into the event, cause I'd have to remember the last like five issues of the event. Um, you know, it basically was just, it was trying to accomplish a lot, but not, but just not very well. Mm-hmm. Um, the art, you know, they, they basically told a, they told a nine issue event traditionally, which would have probably been told over nine months, if not more, cause usually these big events would be delayed though. I, I give props to both companies for being, a heck of a lot better about being timely on publication, but the same, but on the same side, you have like a book with five different artists who, yes, you can spin it any which way you want that like, they're trying to one up each other. They're trying to, you know, um, you, you know, that they're, they're all like doing great work and, and all that. I'm not saying that they weren't. I just think that everyone was under the gun with a uh, time pressure. Oh, absolutely. They this, were. This book just felt rushed that if it had a little bit more time to cook, if it had maybe been not as big as it was made out to be, you know, it just, you're right that there's a lot of characters just kind of thrown in to be there. And that's indicative of any event book. I mean, look at civil war and you've got just random cameos by characters just to have them in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this, if this, if the inversions had primarily been dealt with in a, in a smaller book where like, where you accept that like, Oh, okay. So-and-so shows up, you know, in the book. And I accept that, you know, not much is going to happen to them because they're a guest star, but you ultimately can follow the uh, profound changes that it has to the people closest to you in the book. to you know, that, that actually are relevant to the book. Then I think that would be more satisfying because on one hand you have to, you know, you're you're like, oh, well, we're gonna invert some of these Inhumans, some of these characters that don't necessarily matter to the ongoing saga of the main story, but you can go find them in a time, which is fine. Um, but it just it was bigger than it needed to be, and I think it kind of collapsed under the weight of what it was trying to accomplish. Yeah, um, it's a it's a learning experience. I think that if they're going to do uh, like nine issues in such a short span of time with not a lot of lead in, that. They, they just shouldn't. I'm actually trying to get at. <laughs> if they're going to do this, they should as, rethink it. As cool as it is to get 
some of these books, like especially books that are like, you know, the books that I'm really enjoying, like would I want to read Ant-Man number two tomorrow? Yes. Do I want to wait until the art is absolutely pitch perfect and the writing is top notch? Yes. If I have to wait an extra month, heck, even a couple months for it, as much as I would stink, I think I'll find something to do in the meantime. I don't think that these event books should be getting rushed to the point where like you might be getting multiple issues in a month, but that ultimately the art suffers from it. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's you, know, you look at artists like, um, who was the brother, the, the Cooper brother that did a Robin Rises? Uh, I want to say Andy. Okay, so let me uh, double check on that. Um, talk amongst yourselves. Uh, hi everyone. Hello this, everybody. This show. Yeah, Andy Cooper. Andy Cooper. Okay, so uh, Adam Cooper was doing the art for Axis, and um, you had Leonel Francis Yu, you had Terry Dodson, and it just all all of their work felt underdeveloped. Like they were all against the gun, just trying to draw and get the issue out there. Uh-huh. And that's, and you, like I said, you can spin it, you know, they spun it any which way they could in the, in the interviews and in the, in the press releases, but it was a rushed book to yeah. accomplish a certain set of goals. Um, and you know, it, it's, that's a bummer because I, I think Remender is a writer that deserves, that deserves, uh, that I wish kind of ended up on an event that was better tailored to his sensibilities um but ultimately it still leaves me intrigued and interested in the new volume of uncanny avengers um but yes uh one one thing was that three heroes were left or two heroes and a villain were left inverted one being iron man as we assumed uh the other being havoc Uh cyclops's brother and the last one being Sabretooth, who's now kind of the poor man's wolverine yeah Uh, that's that's definitely how they're setting him up you know and it's it's one of those things where you know Yes, he's he's being so too overing, but at the end of the day, his his moral alignment, you know, it's it's forced. And I'm not just saying that. I'm not saying that from a critical perspective. I'm saying that from an in-story perspective. That you know, at any moment, this this it's a spell. Like this spell could wear off, and if you go right back to being same old Victor Creed, which I think I think this one might. This is one of the ones that is probably going to stick for a while, uh, because I think it's going to stick until after Wolverine gets back. Which would be which would be interesting to see. It's it's right. a cool. It's a it's a. There's only so much you can do with a sociopath like Sabretooth before you say before you end up having to do something drastic. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's an interesting way to kind of make him Wolverine light, but also give him. But also you're kind of putting a ticking time bomb on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that like he could revert back to to same old you know sociopath Sabretooth. and I think it's one of those things where if you go from being like a sociopath like someone let's say quote unquote evil to good when you're a good person the mistakes you make and the bad decisions you make um you know really weigh on you mm-hmm. and when you're a sociopath and don't give a crap like him going from hero back to villain after let's say he's like just a superhero for the next five years and he really earns his stripes and you know he saves the world 10 times and just like you know pets kids on the top of the head and kisses babies you know and then he goes back and the, the spell wears off and he goes back to being saber all of a sudden, it's. I don't think that a, a sociopathic Sabretooth would truly appreciate, you know, the the journey that he just went on as yeah. a hero, that that would really weigh on him. And I think that there's almost a sadness to that that you don't get from Wolverine, because Wolverine was a character who he never really was a sociopath. He was always tortured, but mm-hmm. he never really reveled in it in the same way that a sociopath would. So it may have been hard, and he may have struggled with it, but he, you know, 
he was he was he was he was he had a particular personality type that could move beyond his base beast instincts, whereas Sabretooth would just go right back to being a crazy killer. Which could also be really interesting because say it is for the next five years, and you know people start to move past who he was and begin to accept him, and people start to actually care about him, and then suddenly one day, you know the flips or the the switch flips, and he's going back to being old murderous Sabretooth. Uh, yeah. And now you have, you know, it would be more interesting as the people around him or the people who, like, were trusting him and cared for him, like, suddenly, you know, have to deal with this and, like, oh, I've been, you know, I've been betrayed and why did I let myself uh, get hurt by that? Why did I think this could last? It basically turns Sabretooth into a zombie. You know, that that sort of, like, am I able, you know, the, the person that you cared about is suddenly, you know, they might look like them, but they're not the same person. Right. Now and I also want to see Wolverine's reaction. Not when he flips back to being evil, but just to him being good and knowing that it's a temporary situation. Like I don't, th- mm-hmm. I don't think there's any situation in which he could like accept him, and that could create some really interesting tension. Yeah. Uh, uh, one book that did come out today that we haven't talked about, and we won't because neither of us has read it, is the Wolverine's book. That's true. Which is a weekly, and I would say that if we do talk about it, we should give it the first few weeks and maybe talk about it on a monthly basis. You know, after every few issues comes out, because then we can have a better appreciation of the direction they're trying to go in. Yeah, uh, yeah, I might give it a shot. Um, what was I gonna say about it? Oh, oh, uh, I think it's interesting that the, you know, the inversion for like Havoc, he becomes a villain, he becomes a really bad guy. Inversion for Sabretooth, he becomes like a hero. Inversion for Superman, like he's still gonna be a hero. He's just a dick. Yeah. Well, and one of, one of the things that you, so you find out with Havoc is that, you know, Carnage didn't destroy the bomb, that Havoc actually essentially turned it off. Um, like it went off, but it or it didn't, or I don't know. Um, but, but who knows? It, the ending was really weird because it, it was, it's one of those things where I don't think uh, any company has perfected it yet, where the, the, the last issue of a crossover kind of tees up everything that comes after and in a serialized ongoing universe. Like that's, that's necessary. Mm hmm. But it hasn't quite been done yet, in my experience, in a satisfying way. Hmm. Um, so one of the things is is with Havoc being left inverted, he, like, kidnaps the Wasp, who's technically his sort of kind of wife. Um, right. And, like, they shrink down to, like, the microverse level. And then, like, she vanished. Like, you don't see her again. But then Havoc shows up later at Cyclops' base in Canada. How did he regrow? I have no idea. So there's a story there and one that obviously Marvel wants to tell. Okay. It's interesting that they're taking the Wasp off the board so close to the Ant-Man movie well, where where Janet will be off the board in that movie. They're doing it because she's not the Janet that's going to be in the movie. So, hey, let's like for now, let's not have her running around and – you know, people would be like, oh, I want to read more about her and get, like, confused. Or I could yeah. be totally wrong and she'll be back before. Who knows? It's one of those things where, like, they say that. Like, it's like, oh, like, you know, we're not worried about, you know, the differences in comic books affecting the, you know, being confused with the, the, the things in the movies. But but then they, 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 you know, and so they won't change certain things, you know, about a character. Well, that... I'm not saying they're, they're worried about people getting confused. It's like they don't want people to come in and get all sad when the Jane they want to read about is not the Jane that's around. 
Uh, I, I don't know. They, but, I mean, they, sw- I, they switched back uh, Peter Parker just in time for the movie. They did. No, you know, like, I totally, like, they totally make, I mean, Star-Lord now is basically all movie version. Yeah. You know, w- without really any impetus for why. Um, you know, and I, and I get it, and I'm not always a fan of it. Sometimes it can be used to great effect, but um, it's, I don't know. It, it, their, their relationship was actually one of the things that I, I was interested in most from the first volume of Uncanny Avengers. So now, now one thing that's interesting is that because Havoc is still inverted, like he's not really a dick. He's actually kind of a coward, huh. kind of a like he he's like he's like he. I don't really know how to describe it. The way that he was portrayed in the book wasn't necessarily as an out outright. Like he's not villain, evil. Villainous type. It's more of a um, very self interested, but but very weak and like weak need you know, kind of person. Huh. Um, and he goes off to Cyclops's camp, which makes me assume that he's going to show up in Bendis's books. And I'm wondering how involved Bendis was in the Axis storyline. And so far as like being abreast of it and wanting to play with the fallout from it, like mm-hmm. is Havoc going to be Havoc, you know, the inverted Havoc when he gets to Cyclops's camp or, you know, is, is Bendis going to kind of glaze over that? Right. It's like, Oh, and, uh, and he met a wizard on the way, and now he's okay. Everything's fine. Yeah, like, oh, it wore off for Havoc. When will it wore off for Sabretooth? Oh, no. <sighs> but anyway, uh, it's unfortunate because, I, like I said, I really was looking forward to Axis, and it didn't quite become what I had hoped it was. What's the next event? Secret Wars. Oh, right, right. And we're still in the midst of Spider-Verse. More on that next time. Yes, yes, Spider-Verse. Excellent. So Axis ended in like all Marvel events. We wonder why we cared so much. Uh, let's move on now to news. Are you are you ready for some news now? Wait, no, no quiz. Well, I you know I had to work today and then go to the store and then cook dinner. I barely had time to read comics before we started recording, and I was traveling like all day. So you know, really didn't have time to put that together. You... You always put them together on the fly, but fine. Let's do news. Fine. You want me to? You want me to make you a quiz? No, I no. don't. I don't want you to struggle. Oh, you are such a such a jerk. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I don't need a quiz. Let's move on to news. You okay. can get me next time. You'll get me next time, Batman. No villain ever says that. They never say you'll get me. They always say they I'll... say. Well, like I mean, there's like I'll get you, gadget. But I don't know if that really counts for. <laughs> Oh, Inspector Gadget. <laughs> Marvel announces Daredevil release date. It will be for ten fifteen. Uh, so yes, I, that. I like that. <laughs> I like that. You like that? Yeah. Uh, that's I me. Mean, that's big news. Daredevil on Netflix. Uh, all thirteen it, episodes, all at once. Did we already know April? I felt like we already knew April. No, we just knew that it was going to happen in mid-2015. Like, like it was going to happen in 2015. We didn't know exactly when. Uh, so that's really exciting. Um, I think it's interesting they haven't released, like, a trailer yet, considering they're very trailer-happy over there at Marvel. They love them trailers. Um, which we will talk about shortly. But I just think it's interesting that we haven't seen anything about it, aside from a couple pictures. 
And and even though it's a TV series, like you know, this is definitely a big thing for Marvel having Daredevil putting you know this this whole Netflix deal finally coming to fruition, mm-hmm. you know, finally coming into the public eye. In reality, like yes, we're getting Avengers two this year, and we're getting Ant Man, but it's like we're getting a third Marvel property. Yeah. Now, I guess I guess they don't need to advertise as heavily because you know people who have Netflix are just going to be surprised that oh hey here's a Daredevil series from Marvel. There's going to be a ton of people who are just going to look at it immediately and be like oh Daredevil, why did they put that movie on here? I'm just gonna keep going. Right, they'll confuse it for the whole movie. Oh man, that'd be, that'd be like like Netflix numbers dropped today because people right. were disgusted with the Daredevil movie being on it. They added Daredevil. I'm canceling my subscription. But, <laughs> like what I'm saying is like they're not gonna charge extra. So however many millions of Netflix subscribers there are are gonna see it day one. You know, on their screens, getting pushed down their throats. Yeah. So I guess in that regard, they don't need a trailer. But I, I want a trailer is what well, I'm trying and, to say. And I think that it, we wouldn't expect anything less from Marvel or Disney to ram it down our throats because they want more people to sign for Netflix subscriptions so that they will view the product. Right. Like, hey, are you really excited about the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Uh, Daredevil's coming out. And don't pirate it, but pay money for Netflix. Right. Uh, yeah. It. You know. And and it's. I think the whole Netflix thing. It's a really cool way to go about it. It's a great idea. I, I think Netflix has proven themselves insofar as original programming mm-hmm. and their their model. Um, uh, I'm so yeah, excited for House of Cards next month. I need to watch House of Cards first. I've seen the first like two episodes. Um. But. Uh. Yeah. I don't know. I'm super stoked for Daredevil. I love the oh, Daredevil character. Absolutely. And, it's going to be sweet. Speaking of Marvel-related TV shenanigans, Agent Carter outperforms Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Did on you, opening. Now, did you watch Agent Carter? I did not, but I'm actually curious about it. I am too. So it's a, it's a mini-series, I guess. Yes, it could potentially lead to future seasons, but See, this is a seven-part. Like, I, it's, it's weird. Like, it hasn't, like, I don't know if anything official has been said, but I've heard comments where it says, like, I think, maybe I'm making this up in my head now for, for sensationalism, but I think it, it, it they, people, someone has mentioned that it could lead to, like, another season. And I kind of like it. It's like a micro-season within... Well, it's basically Agents it's filling Shield. the gap while Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is gone, which I think is a great idea. But it's also interesting that this... Well, you know, it's actually not that surprising, I should say, that this has outperformed S.H.I.E.L.D. Why do you think so? Because this is easier to grasp. S.H.I.E.L.D. is in the middle of its second season. People are going to be a little bit wary. Like, if they're not already into it, they don't want to jump on. This is something, it's like, hey, we've got Haley Atwell in a blonde wig, and you don't need to have seen anything except for Captain America 1. Like, Didn't she have darker hair in the first one? She does, but she wears a blonde wig in, like, one scene. Oh. I also say that because I'm looking at the article again, and there's the picture of her with a blonde wig. Gotcha. Uh, so it was watched by 6.7 million viewers. Um, earning a 1.9 rating, six share in adults, 18 through 49, which is really big. Um, mm. Now let's see where Shield's numbers are. Uh, so it's really uh, slipped to 1.7 by the end of the night, blah, blah, blah. It's not really telling us where. Okay. It, uh, yeah, it's not quickly giving me the numbers for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it basically, they're just saying it bested every S.H.I.E.L.D. installment this season, except for the season premiere. So, season premiere had big numbers there, and they'd be slowly slipping. 
And this almost had as big of numbers as the season premiere, which is big. That's exciting. That's cool. Uh, I, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I, I, I could see myself, um, watching it. Yeah. That's all I have. That's all, that's all you've got on it. That's, that's what I just did there. I totally just like space as I was saying that. Um, no, no, but it's, I, where did my brain go? Okay. I, I think it's a great, I think it's a great way to uh, exploit the greater Marvel cinematic universe. Um, I, and I will watch it. I think I was a little bit down on it at first because I think I'd said something to the effect of like, there's not a lot of TV they can do. I mean, they're doing the Netflix stuff, which is cool, but they're not going to go give, um, you know, most superheroes their own weekly TV show. And at first I was like, okay, we're going with this character who uh, is dealing with the past, like not even dealing with current events. Like there's not mm-hmm. like a ton I felt like they could really do as part of the bigger story. And who knows, maybe the, this is just its own self-contained thing, which is great, which I'm all for. Um, and, and I'm curious to see what they've done. Did you know that uh, Haley Atwell is going to be in Ant-Man? I as, did read that, so it'll be it'll be uh, cool to see how Hank Pym plays into the greater Shield mythos that everything is hung on. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, so that's a thing. Let us move on. Uh, Uncanny and Humans is going to be a thing, of course it is. So is that like going to be an Inhumans X Men? Nope. It is. It is just a an additional Inhuman title. Okay. Um, uh, or Inhumans title, uh, whereas Inhuman will continue to follow Medusa's exploits. This will follow her estranged husband. 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 <laughs> her it's my husband. Her estranged husband, uh, Black Bolt. Um, gotcha. Apparently, it'll take more of a street level view of the whole thing. Um, I don't know. I mean, Charles Soule, Steve McNeven, like good writer, good artist. You know, it really remains to see what the story. At the end of the day, it's all about the story. I've actually been trying to catch up on the Inhuman book. Um, and it's more or less uh, pretty compelling. Wait, it's uh, it's Charles Soule and Steve uh, McNeven. Well, Steve uh, on Uncanny Inhuman. Uh, Wait, Inhuman. so they're going to kill Black Bolt? No, those jerks. No, no, what? No, they they just killed Wolverine. <laughs> the death of Black Bolt. The event three decades in the making. <laughs> you know, everybody's favorite character, Black Bolt. Stuck. He gets stuck, stuck in a sound deprivation room, cries, and then dies. The one that everybody wants to be played by Vin Diesel, who's also a talking tree. Yes. <laughs> he goes from having three words uh, in, in his script to no words. Oh, wait. Is Black Bull? Black, Black Bull can't speak. No, sorry. He can speak, but when he speaks, he can level whole cities. Right. We've talked about this before. You yeah, have, <laughs> David. Keep, keep your notes on you from now on. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm like a... I'm like Guy Pierce in a Memento. I've just been tattooing all these facts on my body, <laughs> and somewhere, like somewhere on my left butt cheek, it says Black Bolt can't speak because his voice will destroy entire cities. And I can't immediately look at that, so I apologize. That's fine. I forgive you. Let's talk about the Ant Man trailer. Ant Man trailer. Now you told me you have some thoughts I on it, so why don't you go first? Do have some thoughts. Um. I was 
fairly underwhelmed by this trailer. I I watched it and went okay and then went on with my day. <laughs> Why do you feel that way, David? Because parts of it felt very generic. Um it there was just nothing about it that like screamed out to me like oh this is like super new and exciting stuff like look at, look at how cool this is everything looks so different and like so bright and shiny it's like here's you know like there's some scene where somebody turns on a room and there's all this like techno like you know technology in the room techno music is blaring um and it just seemed like so generic like oh crap do we have a bunch of circuitry that can light up in like a you know a warehouse back there great let's just slap that on there um, I, I, you know, I felt like it needed a little bit of injection of humor in the movie. And we got that slightly with the one line at the very end. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I really loved that. Is it too late to change the name? That was really funny. I, Cause when he says, you know, I need you to be the Ant-Man. It's such a ridiculous name. It really is. Is it's, it any more ridiculous than Spider-Man? Well, no, it's totally not. But, like, spider, like, people are afraid of spiders. Like, you know, there's, like, all these crazy kinds that have all these poisons. It's like, you know, Spider-Man. You can imagine, like, the cool stuff. It's like... Fire ants, man. Fire ants. Like, that would be totally different if he was Fire Ant Man. Like, that'd be frightening. Fire Ant is a pretty cool name. Yeah, right? Uh, Anyway, so, you have Ant-Man. And, I don't know, just... No, nothing about it really, really stuck out to me to make things super exciting. Uh, and, you know, the Edgar Wright wound has mostly healed uh, in in such a way that it sucks, but I'm willing to move past it. But mm-hmm. I couldn't help but feel, after the trailer ended and thinking back on it, like he would have given us something totally different, something that would have felt really unique. Um something that would have, you know, not been just a generic looking movie, which this is a teaser. There's so much we don't know, but if this is trying to set the tone and build up excitement, it didn't do that for me. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. I liked it. I th- I did think that the trailer was more or less kind of like hitting all the notes that the trailers need to. I, I think that, uh, it only had like the one line of humor and on one hand that could be smart in the sense that like instead of playing all the laughs in the trailer like a lot of movies do that well, you know we might they might be managed to save more of it for the movie itself guardians of the galaxy didn't and, well, I, and I, I can't I, speak for guardians of the galaxy i'm just saying that that well, might be the route that they're doing with ant-man i know and i, and I don't want to i don't want to seem like oh i just want another thing like or the guardians of the galaxy where it's all laughs all the time i just felt like this movie needed a little more humor continue sorry i interrupted you no no no. i mean it's i don't you know it's one of those movies where like we know it's going to be kind of a heist film they're going to play up the fact that scott lang is a thief um mm-hmm. you know but because like it's insofar as like the hank pym role the janet van dyne role hope van dyne all that like they really can do anything they want with that particular franchise so I'm just, I'm just, it, it definitely has me curious. It, you know, a lot of it did kind of feel like kind of stock Marvel 
Yeah, well, you know? yeah, it's the, the the movie itself has me curious. The trailer does not. Well, I don't know. Definitely, maybe we just have to wait for a second trailer, or the movie will come soon enough. But hopefully, not too soon, because I mean that's like half, like almost an entire year away. Uh, almost an entire year. I mean, like August. I was gonna feels, say, which feels like a really long time away, and I don't want to get there that quickly. Yeah. I don't know. I you know I felt because I'd, I'd watched the Avengers trailer a bunch and was super super excited. Then I saw the Avengers trailer in theaters and I was like, oh man, holy crap! It's so much better on the big screen. And this was you know made to first appear on a smaller screen. So which that was a pretty clever thing they did with the ant size trailer. That was really clever. I really did enjoy that. Uh, I think it's Marvel's being really interesting with their trailers lately. Um where you know because usually you want to go to you know they, they want you to be in the movie theater to first see it and experience it yeah and they're realizing not as many people are going to the theater so we need to we need to take this trailer to them well everyone goes to see their movies right they're not necessarily gonna be able to you know the people that might be interested in those movies when there's like no real action movies between summers yeah. what are you gonna who are you gonna show it on well hey everyone's on the internet it's true. Or hey, let's try to get them to watch Agents of Shield. Oh, that didn't work. Well, will you watch uh, Agent Carter? Oh, thanks. <sighs> but I, I, I still have hopes for the movie. They've slowly been dropping, and this uh, didn't didn't help me too terribly much. Well, remains to be seen. Let's see other news. Jeremy Marantz's Hawkeye Hawkeye Mystery Project. Oh, look at um, you. Not necessarily uh, Clint Barton, uh, Clint Barton solo, but <sighs> I don't think we're going to see that. Could be a role in. Uh, I know that uh, Clark Gregg has teased that teased that uh, Jeremy Renner might make appearance on Agents of Shield. Um, he might make an appearance in Ant Man. I don't know. He could be making an appearance in Civil a bunch of stuff. War. Civil War. Oh yeah, we did hear that. So whatever it is, you know, more. What I really want to see is a, whether it's a Netflix series or whatever. Just like a, even if it's just like you know, five, six episodes, just kind of, kind of being inspired by the Matt Fraction Hawk I run because at least as far as the one film we've seen of Jeremy Renner as uh, Clint Barton, like he's, he was kind of the stoic face, kind of arrow, not necessarily the, you know, the. He the, didn't. He didn't the, have much of a storyline. No, he didn't. You know, and in the comics, he's much more of like he's he's the bow and arrow guy with attitude. Like, well, yeah, he's, got, he's, he's he's gonna give crap to people, and he's a low level guy struggling with greatness. Yeah, but I I just would love to see that sort of like what is what is you know what has he been doing which been doing between Avengers one and two, and you, you mostly just get sort of like street level adventures where he like has like a pretty crappy personal life. Yeah. Um, in between uh, stints as a shield agent and um, just, you know, kind of you know roughly inspired by the Matt Fraction stuff. Just like a six episode, you know, break in um, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of thing would be fun. But uh, he's way, like, Jeremy Renner is way too busy for that. He's a pretty busy guy. He is a really busy guy. Let's see here. Uh, Fox has already scheduled the Fantastic Four sequel. They um, have... Uh, without assuming that the new Fantastic Four film will do well. Uh, That's a big as, assumption. As a uh, person who's cautiously optimistic about the upcoming film that I keep forgetting is coming out this year, um, you know, if as long as the movie's good, announce a sequel. But yes, stop announcing sequels until you're 100% sure, you know, yeah. that the movie, you know, it's like, 
Guardians of the Galaxy had so much positive momentum going into it that like they announced the sequel, I think, like the month before. Yeah. You know, but this like we're still several months away. There hasn't been a lot of positive buzz going towards this movie because well, either either you don't even know it's happening if yeah. you're a casual viewer. Or you know what's happening, and and it's so scattered. Feelings about yeah, well, it's so it's everything we've heard is so all over the place. Fox really hasn't done anything. I mean, we we're seeing seeing an Ant Man trailer, which comes out in August. I think they both come out in August, so we should be seeing something about Fantastic Four soon. Right. I I mean, I don't even know what movie is coming up that they're definitely going to attach it to. Like I could see them possibly attaching it to Avengers, but that's not until May, and that's only a couple of months before. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Isn't something coming out in like March? I don't. I don't know. They'll attach to something. Uh, Todd McFarlane teases Eisner winning writer for Spawn. Well, he, they need to do something. Be. They need to do something good because they've already broken my heart once. Here's who I think it might be. Okay, hit me with your idea. Eisner winning. Okay. And because you think, Spawn wait, is a, you think it's going to be Michael Eisner? Yes, it will be Will Eisner. Nice try. <laughs> well, hey, wait, is it is Will Eisner alive? No, he's dead. But Michael Eisner's alive? Come on. That's what Who's I'm... Michael Eisner? What? Like, I feel embarrassed for you right now. Who the heck is Michael Eisner? He's the CEO of Disney. Well, he was until 2005. Sorry, I should correct myself. Uh, is he related to Will Eisner? Uh, I don't think so. Well, let's find out. Continue talking. Anyway, um, I think it might be Ed Brubaker. Huh. Now, this huh. you know, I don't have, I don't really have any evidence to go on. Just he right now, Ed Brubaker is an image ex- exclusive writer. Um, he's an Eisner winner, if I remember correctly. Um, and he's the kind of person that could do something interesting with Spawn. Hmm. And. That's I mean, all I really got. Well, you know, uh, I've I've always been a really big fan of uh, Ed Brubaker and John Phillips, and so I would really like to see him do something outside of uh, the stuff I've been seeing him doing. Which not to say that I haven't thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed, um, you know, all of the. Um, noir stuff and i haven't read the newest issue of fade out i picked it up today but apparently it's really good and i've really enjoyed the fade out so far can you imagine a noir spawn a spawn war i could it would be it doesn't immediately come to mind but if anybody could pull it off it'd be him but i haven't read uh you know it, i feel kind of bad for saying this i haven't read a ton of his superhero work and i know he's written some great superhero stories or even like stuff that has to deal with superheroes, um, so I think you know I think he would be a good choice. Well, he he has you know besides his run, his uh, co-writing run on uh, Gotham Central with Greg Rucka, which I've never uh, read. His most I think his most favorable superhero stuff has been his Batman work, his um, his Captain America work, obviously. And How was his Catwoman stuff received? Uh, Catwoman was supposed to be very well received. I actually have a couple of the volumes, and I've liked what I've read of it so far. Okay. Um, his Daredevil was more or less uh, well received. It definitely started off great. I don't quite remember the ending, but I remember the first couple of arcs I really enjoyed, um, and, and some of the in between issues. And the Authority. 
the only book yeah, he did do some work on the authority the only book i uh at least out of marvel that i think that he wasn't necessarily like black like um criticized for but that was his most underwhelming work was probably his uncanny x-men work mm-hmm. and that's not even to say that it was bad i just i don't know if it quite clicks and maybe he's just not a team book person hmm. and i think i actually did read uh at least one of his authority volumes and uh, i mean i remember liking it at the time but yeah you know i'm just saying ed Brugger could be an interesting voice to tackle with spawn he, he definitely could i you know i'm glad that we're getting it that we're getting somebody big uh, because you know, after you have uh, Brian Wood attached on there, and then him dropping out, if they were like, uh, instead we have uh, Nick Shermooksness, you know, people would be like booing in the streets, and there would hey. be riots and people hey, chucking my, rocks. My run would be the unexpected hit of the season. Get, like, get, you know, all right, all right. So tell me, what was your spawn run be about? Okay, so Al Simmons wakes up. Uh huh. And makes breakfast. I'm with you. And then he goes to work at Spawn Incorporated. <laughs> where Wait, is he the CEO? He is the CEO. He's okay. he's very he's very much burdened by this corporate life or and uh he he there's that clown guy and then hell comes out <laughs> of the ground and um he wants a Satan wants some of Al's money because he's got gambling debts and Al is like, no way, man, like something, something. And Satan's like, Oh no, you didn't. And then there's like a battle and Satan ruins spawn suit. And, um, but then he defeats Satan. And, huh. and uh, that's, that's only in the first issue. That's, wow. That's going to be quite a packed first issue. It is double sized, double sized. Uh, now what's great is I'm imagining that as you're saying this, like it's spawn, like doing all these things, uh, like he's making breakfast in a bathrobe, but he still has like the spawn face. Yeah, and yeah, like so I'm going for like it. he's you know. See, I think it'd be funnier if he was like working in a cubicle with the spawn face, and then like suddenly like something happens outside, and he's like, "This is a situation only the spawn can handle," but I have to sneak off so nobody knows who I really am. <laughs> he just like takes off his business suit, but he's was already spawned underneath. Right, he like opens up his briefcase and like the cape like climbs out and attaches to him. <laughs> anyway, uh, McFarland, if this uh, Eisner winner doesn't work out for you, uh, Dave and I get some quality yeah. ideas. For Obviously, we just pitched an Eisner winning story right here. Uh, briefly, Scarlett Johansson is also starring uh, in Ghost in the Shell. Oh yeah, cool. yeah. Well, I mean, interesting, interesting very much so. Uh, you know, could we not have found a really, really great, like, Asian actress for it? Yes, that is true. I know we're I getting mean, we're this, getting into this, the same old thing. I mean, Japan should just make their own live action version. Um, but I, I, I understand that it's an American version, but how awesome would Rico Kinkuchi, I think that's her name from uh, Pacific Rim and the brothers bloom and something else that I'm forgetting. Yeah. She was a uh, Mako Mori or whatever her name yeah, was. Yeah. 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 I know who you're talking about. Um, but she actually would be pretty cool. Yeah. I'm not even saying like, I mean, you know, it'd be great if it was Japanese, but you know, just you know a, a, an asian actress in there and it, it sucks because like really there's no um no one who's gonna have the same pull as scarlett johansson 
I totally understand that. But couldn't you have put in like a side character played by Brad Pitt? Like, you know, to draw in all them people. Yeah. But then you'd feel like that person, like the stripwise oh, like, might have to take the like steal the show. Like they like what they totally did in um what's it called? Uh really crappy movie, Army Hammer. Uh, but really, I mean Johnny Depp. Oh, 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 Lone Ranger. Yeah, see, exactly. I just listed you, the main actor in that film, and you had no idea. Ar- no, Arnie Hammer. He was in the Facebook movie. Uh, Army Hammer. Arnie, Arnie? It's Army. Army. What, whatever. Uh, I don't. He was somebody. Um, <laughs> he was a person. I guess. I guess. I, I definitely would prefer that they kept it. You know, that it was more faithful. That that that. It's a movie that will presumably still take place in Japan, specifically more likely like Tokyo, and that mm-hmm. it's more of an indictment on either it's either on the movie, the general moviegoers, or on Hollywood's perception of general moviegoers. That well, yes, there have been instances in the past where, um, you know, films starring like you know meant meant to be like big mainstream films fail, and they had I don't know someone of color or other ethnicity right. in it i get but i get you can't I, have I, can't have will smith play an asian woman i get that but we're gonna keep trying <laughs> i would watch it let's be honest um, but, but you know i i wish that they could that they could just be more fearless about like all right you know what scarlett johansson's great but let's let's get Rigo kinkuchi in there let's get um you know this 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 actual you know it might be american made but it's still a jap you know about japanese people right let's get this movie off the ground let's get it out there and people will just love it for what it is that or, like we somehow like i know there was the whole thing with the exodus movie that like right. it was all like white actors playing like middle eastern roles or whatever or, you right. know, and, and and you know and i get that they even make there's a joke on conan about that very movie where they say is there a middle eastern actor more famous than christian bale and no there isn't and i totally understand that but i don't know it's just it's and, unfortunate and, and, and they yeah they, they've unfortunately proven that like movies that don't have primarily like you know white leads or like you know a, a fair portion of the cast isn't white doesn't get as much attention which is really sad to me. I feel like that's like people aren't watching Marco Polo. I'm really enjoying Marco Polo. People keep telling me about Marco Polo. Ninety percent of that cast is like Chinese, though, and I feel like I don't know. I just it's not really getting a ton of attention. Okay, well, BoJack Horseman, horse, and people are watching that. Oh, I'm so excited! Did you watch the Christmas special? I didn't. I haven't had a chance yet. Oh, I've watched it like twice. I'll get to it. You that was should. a little out of excuse me, out of season. But All right. What are we gonna do? What are you going to do? Anyway, Ghost in the Shell movie's coming. I'm not judging the movie itself. It could be a really awesome movie. And, you know, I, I also want to celebrate the fact that we're getting to this point where we have really awesome female action stars. Mm-hmm. You have, like, Emily Blunt and Scarlett Johansson and Angelina Jolie, not so much anymore. But it's like <laughs> we're not batting an eye at, like, an action movie starring a woman? Aww. Women can kick butt? What is this? Yes. Uh, I mean, if only Lucy wasn't really stupid, then, you know. I don't know what that has to do with it. I just but wanted to at bring least, that up. At least it proved that Scarlett Johansson, as a female lead, can draw in names and that that could be a good sign for future female action stars. Absolutely. And her landing that role uh, as, you know, 
uh, whatever her name is in the Avengers, uh, Black Widow, so people don't freak out. Um, you know, like that's really gonna help launch her in that realm. Yeah, but which is very cool, very cool. And you know, very if cool. they have her in uh, outfits that show off her butt half as great as they do in the Avengers. You know what? We've really got a movie going. Oh, well, the, okay. There's going to be the Ghost in the Shell poster, and then it's just going to say Ghost in the Shell, and then it's just going to be your butt. Picture of her butt. It's <laughs> like, like, you're not even going to see the rest of her body, just like butt. Yeah, but you'll know immediately. Oh, that's like, that's Scarlett like, Johansson's oh, ass. Oh, that must be Scarlett Johansson, because because all women turn and twist so that they that they can still look directly at you while their butt is also facing you. Yeah, women have necks like owls. I thought that was a scientific fact. Yeah, not even necks, like torsos it's like they're, they're literally like an action figure oh that's so creepy you're just like so creepy like, oh hey bad boy it's like, <laughs> it's like it's like no i don't want a contortionist like i'm imagining like a robot like doing that and like the you know the, the top half is facing one way and the bottom half facing another it's like come and get me it's like no oh, no no <sighs> well is there anything else um Nope, that's all I got. All right. Well, we'll get on to recommendations, which you've already done. I did. Ant-Man, people. Check it <sighs> out. You're such a jerk. I am. My recommendation for this week uh, is uh, I actually haven't got to read a lot lately. So my recommendation is Captain America, uh, the Winter Soldier, because thanks to that movie, I got to sleep on the airplane home. <laughs> it's, like It's what I put on. Uh, I was really, like, I was really tired, and I couldn't really sleep, and, like, I didn't, couldn't think of, like, good music to kind of help me, like, zone out, and I'd seen that movie a bunch, and I really like it, so I'm like, all right, I'm just going to put it on background noise. Oh, uh, yes, the sweet sounds of a, of a partially shirtless Chris Evans. Just... <laughs> Gun, gunfire. Yep. Uh, no, I actually slept, like, through the entire last action scene as it was blaring in my ears. That's funny. Uh, yes, I've seen this picture before, the one you just sent me, of all of the uh, the male Avengers posing like the female Avengers with their butts all in the hoo-ha. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny image. It is, a, it is pretty funny. Okay, that is going to conclude our show today, though. We're glad to be back. We are so glad. And, you know, now holiday seasons are over. We should be on a much more regular schedule. Uh, we even ha- probably have a fun little... Uh, surprise coming up in the near future yeah we'd like to think so we'd like to think so so keep your your eyes and ears on the internets and your uh podcasting feeds for more information uh if you wish to get more information about the show you can check out our website heckyeahcomics.com uh you can also like us over on facebook or follow us on twitter at heckyeahcomics you can find me on Twitter at DavLuz, uh, and you can find Nick writing uh, really bad Spawn fan fiction. It's uh, so good. In his uh, parents' basement. Uh, I believe that is everything. Oh, if, of course, if you want to reach us, you can send us an email at heckyacomics at gmail.com. We would be happy to discuss anything you... Uh, to accept your correction or read your recommendations. Uh, unless, Nick, you have anything else to say, I will... People, if you're listening, if you're a regular listener, if you're just coming on, 
send us stuff. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear how you think we can improve the show. Yeah. 2015, it's a new year. Dave and I have been having behind-the-scenes discussions on how to make the show better, mm-hmm. more compelling, what have you. Hopefully you like what you are hearing, but I know we could always do better. Yeah. Also, send us fan art. Um, <laughs> you know, send us to send us whatever crazy but very very safe things that you can think of. Yes. Um, uh, and please, uh, like, if, if you if you're like, oh man, why aren't they talking about this series? Or you know, I think they would really enjoy this. Send that stuff to us because we're always looking for stuff that's not necessarily on our radar. Yeah. To check we, out. We we clearly hyper focus on superheroes and Marvel and DC in particular, though we clearly we do like to enjoy the uh, odd. Uh, independent book or two mm-hmm. and we're always you know my, my image list keeps growing so uh, i mean they have more uh, of my money every day i know so i mean like if, if there's something that you think we should read that somehow we overlooked like definitely give us those recommendations people you recommend to us we're done recommending to you well we're, we're still we're, probably gonna, we're, we're gonna we're gonna still recommend to you guys you're great uh, yeah we, are. we love you guy uh guy. <laughs> thanks guy. <laughs> thanks guy. You know who you are. Anyway, if you enjoyed the show then please do tell your friends and if you hated it then please tell your enemies. Until next time, goodbye. Worst episode ever.